0: You're listening to the Google Ads podcast, brought to you by Solutions8, the Google Ads agency.
1: I'm the Daily Google News, and I'm here with one of my favorite people in the whole world, who's actually, I think, part of the reason that my business was kept alive for as long as it was in its early stages. My friend Shamim Rajani, COO of Genetech Solutions. Shamim, thanks for being here.
0: Thanks. Thanks for having me, awesome. Okay.
1: Yeah. I'm excited to chat with you today. So, you know, all the worst things about me. I think of all the people on the planet, we started working together. I'm pretty sure I was was 19 or 20 years old. Mm -hmm. I just started KPO Global was the name of the company back then. And I had no idea what I was doing. I was a horrible liar. Like people would ask me like, oh, can you build, you know, a rocket ship to the moon? And I'd say, yes, of course I've built seven. And then I'd come to you and I'd say, Shameen, we have to build a rocket ship to the moon. Like, please make this happen. And I'm sure I was like, maybe still am, but I'm sure I was the worst client you've ever had in the history of clients.
0: No, I wouldn't say that. You were naive, you were annoying, but yeah. I don't think the worst one. <laughs> I've seen more. <laughs>
1: yeah, well, you know what, I learned so much from you because went through quite a few vendors, but you were one of the few people who managed expectations really well. You know, said, this is what we can do and this is what we can't do. And I really appreciated that. And then the other thing that I really appreciate you for, and I don't know that I've ever thanked you enough for this is, when things went wrong, you never jumped ship. And generally speaking, they went wrong because I did something stupid. You know, I would overpromise or I, you know, we'd make too many changes. or I wouldn't push back on the customer. I would misunderstand something or I'd screw up a scope. But no matter what, like you were always there to bail me out. As you get older, you start thinking about the people that have helped you along the way. And you were a really important part of my business for a really long time. You're my only vendor for years.
0: And everything
1: I did, I would just send over, you know, just lob over the
0: fence. Yeah, I think it was 10 years. And I think the straight of never jumping ship is one of the things that actually made us so strong today that we have customers and friends like yourself and more. So we've converted a lot of customers into people who actually go out and speak for us and thus, passive marketing in itself. I think that's the best form of marketing, right? For the longest time we have, because won the trust of people like you, we've just totally worked off you people going out and talking on our behalf and we've not had a marketing team of our own, never. I mean, this year we're doing that. After crossing hundred people team, now we're thinking, okay, I think we should get serious about this and have a marketing team.
1: <laughs> that's so funny. Congratulations on crossing hundred people, by the way. That's a really big deal.
0: Thank you so much. We now also have three locations in two countries, we're having a fourth location in a third country that we signed off a couple of weeks ago. Oh, so, we so, so, Pakistan? Pakistan, U.S., so we're in Detroit, and then we're doing Portugal. We just signed off Portugal, so we're are going you? to be That's so funny. My wife
1: and I are doing the Portuguese Golden Visa, so we're going to be going to Portugal for the summers.
0: Wow, wow. Yeah. I'm going to be in November, so I'm usually there for the Web Summit. And I was supposed to be there, you know, in the next couple of weeks to sign off the contract, but then we signed it off virtually because I have to head out to the U.S. and then to Canada for Collision Canada because we're also exhibiting there.
1: Yeah. And so one of the things, if you'll share a link to where it is you're exhibiting, I'll include it in the description of this video. So if anybody's watching it, if you're in Canada, where in Canada is it? Toronto? So
0: it's Toronto. It's Collision Canada, but we don't have the exact booth number right now, but I can share it later. I don't have it right now. This is the the website, but right in front of Center Stage, we don't have the actual booth number right now.
1: Okay, Collision Canada. Um, You can go to collisionconf.com. I'll include that in the description of the video too. And if you're in Toronto, go say hi to my friend Shameen. For anybody watching or listening, because we convert this to a podcast too, you're a pretty big shop. You do high end software development, and that was our genesis together. And we worked for banks, multinational organizations, healthcare organizations. I don't know how I got those projects, by the way. I have no idea, like, who in their right mind would trust me with any of that?
0: So you do know that I'm still working with a lot of your customers, right? Are you? Even good. I'm glad Even so. the ones that you were annoyed with and you were like, I don't wanna work with these guys. You want them? Take them. Yeah. you <laughs> doing very well with them.
1: I'm glad. I, you know, that's probably all that needed to happen is I just needed to get out of the way. No. I'm glad to hear uh, that so
0: that's, that's going, going the to, well. to our website. I am sure you have it, but let put it in there. Anyways.
1: Yeah, so a website is genetechsolutions.com. And aside from the software development, you also do websites, user experience, user design, and you provide dedicated teams, which is pretty cool.
0: We do software development for business applications. If you want an end-to-end solution to your business, something that you have had in mind for a very long time, and now you're looking to automate it, we can sit with you, define the business rules, solution it for you, build it for you, and then also manage it for you. So we have companies that we've been working in year in, year out where they just came to us a decade ago with a problem set. Over the years, we've worked with them and built solutions for them. So that's the software side. It can be a web-based solution. It can be a mobile-based solution, you know, a CRM, a customized CRM, a customized ERP, or an LMS, if they're looking for a learning management system. Or we can work with the open sources out there. We can integrate, we can also customize open source solutions like Moodle, Magento. You want to work with Shopify, WordPress, all sorts of software-based, you know, SaaS applications out there. We work with those and we can also build the user experience around it if you're looking for dedicated teams as well. So if you have exactly what you want to add add a couple of headcounts in terms of developers or designers to your team, we can also provide those to you
1: and for the dedicated teams you house them you i don't want to say yeah. manage them but like make sure they're showing up clock them in clock them out that
0: yeah. we look after administrative and hr jobs around it so making sure that they work from office that they come on time that they take local leaves that the insurance is covered everything else is covered locally and the customer pays us and we pay them
1: that's awesome going to the software everybody i know in business has an idea for a software application or has a need for it but everybody i know who's ever tried it fails their first time at a minimum, and sometimes it's two or three iterations. If you were to protect somebody from themselves and say, before somebody talks to you, before they even get to the point of trying to hire a vendor, what are the things that they should have in place? What should they have thought through? What should they bring to the table? You know, How do they make sure they put their right foot forward?
0: Remember you and I, we built a software and it failed miserably, remember? Yeah, Change
1: Illustrator. I do remember that. I
0: want to go back to that as an example because I learned a lot from that.
1: Yeah, it, it was a great idea, wasn't it? Like it was...
0: Good idea. It was a great idea, but I think later on when we became more mature as a company, because that was like 10 years ago, right? When we also learned and we became more mature as a company. One of the things that we learned and that worked out really, really so well for us were two things. One, was that if somebody comes to you with an idea and tells you this is what i want to get built let them give you Oh, this is the site i want to clone this is the feature i want to clone don't ever get into that okay what you do is you sit with them and you tell them okay even before we give you an estimate for the project let's build a business requirement document around it let's see exactly what you want it's called Mm -hmm. a product requirement document or a business requirement document So, we sit down with them for two weeks. In the first meeting, we talk to them on a high level of what they're looking for. And then we dig deeper into and we we sort of like poke them to talk about difficult questions in terms of business rules. Do you want this? Do you want that? Do you think this is going to work out? And then we also sort of like give them our suggestions on what has worked out for our other customers in this industry. And then we help them build those business rules actually. Then we help them build the user types because every time somebody comes to us, there's three users, admin, front-end user and maybe one more that's it but when you sit down with them they will you will learn and they will learn that there's actually eight different types of users so you find those user roles with them all this is on paper right and then you define user stories with them so user stories means their journey so if a type of user is going to use your application, what all will he see, he or she see when they enter the web, the application till the time they leave the application, make the purchase? Or if it's an e-commerce website or at least do what the web, what the application is supposed to do. From the time that they enter the website till the time that they, end, they leave the website, what will that user go through? That's their journey. So those are called user stories. So basically build user stories. And then we wireframe it still on paper Mm. we wireframe for them and then maybe we use balsamic or something and then wireframe it in there for them and show it to them once they review it and during this time we do three to four meetings with them this is like a two to three weeks exercise and we jot everything down for them once they review it they're happy with everything we're basically dry running the whole application on paper with them right so they're happy with everything and they say okay this is exactly what we want we go on and we match it with the technology actually that should be Used for this application type, for this user base, for the kind of load that they're going to be having on the server, the kind of traffic that they're having on the server. So, we do the technology stacks and then we give them an estimate for the application phase wise. So, you know, like, so this is what now based on this product requirement document, this is what the application looks like. And this is what we're going to build. And it's going to be released phase wise. The first phase is usually in three months. Because nobody wants to wait more than three months. The first phase with the most important features is in three months, and then the next phase in the next three months. So that's one thing that worked very well. The other thing that worked really well for us was Scrum. So we moved from waterfall to Scrum, which means that The customer is on board throughout the journey. The customer is the product owner and we are the development team and we have a scrum master on the team. So what happens is once we size the project and the customer says, okay, this is what I want, we break the project down into smaller tickets and make a complete sprint backlog, complete product backlog out of it. And then we decide to do sprints every two weeks, sprint meetings every two weeks. And then from that product backlog, we say, okay, this is the first few items for the sprint that we're going to pick up. And we are going to show the customer in two weeks so we build that we show it to the customer the customer talks about change request every two weeks the customer is there looking at the product how it's getting built and if there's any red flags he or she is going to raise them right in the beginning or mm. in some way not towards the end when everything is done and like this is not what i wanted and i was like this is what i thought you wanted <laughs> So I think that when we started to implement Scrum and when we started to do product requirement documents that set the expectations much better on both ends plus it was very time saving plus the team understood the project much better and we, we made sure that in a, each sprint review meeting with the customer the whole team was sitting not just the project manager team means not just the development team, the designer, the QA, the front-end developer, everybody, so that they all know what customer is talking about. So they all know they're part of the job and what they need to change.
1: And they can protect each other too, because what one person hears isn't always what the other person hears. And so it's nice to be able to triangulate around the message.
0: Internally, what the team does in a scrum is that they do daily stand-up meetings, 15 minutes to ask these questions of each other. What did you do yesterday? So what went wrong? What went right and what are you, what are you up to next? So these are three questions that each of them answers and then they move on. So just a three 15 minute up. So that way also they keep a check on each other on who's doing what and who's delivering because after two weeks, everybody needs to finish that sprint those sprint items as a team. So if anybody's lagging behind, you'll probably find out the next day when they're doing this. That's a a
1: gold nugget right there. What went wrong? What went right? What are you doing next? I really love that. I love the idea of the daily sprints too. So I think, you know, you've you've offered something of a mini course here on how to get started with software development. Build it on paper first, which is huge. And people, I imagine, could probably do a napkin plan themselves before they go to a development house so they're a little bit more prepared. Scrum, not waterfall. I don't know what waterfall is.
0: Waterfall is when you know a project scope, you build it. And then you show it for a layman. Waterfall is what we did in Change Illustrator. We understood the scope, we built it, and then we showed it. And you said, no, this is not what I want. That's what happens when the customer's expectations are not met, or we have not understood the expectations correctly, or they don't align. And Waterfall does work. It's not like Waterfall doesn't work. Waterfall doesn't work for the kind of applications that we build right now. Waterfall b- works for other kinds of applications, more towards you know other industries, but not for tech so much anymore. Agile is something that has taken the market with the boom. And my bet was when I actually learned and became a Scrum Master a few years ago is that when I realized that this is like a goldmine and it's so much easier and it's so much transparent. It saves me so much on time and on, on embarrassment at the end of the day when you know, I build something and the customer says, this is not what I want.
1: <laughs> yeah, you have a very stressful job in you know the development space. I was in it long enough to know that Anytime my phone rang, I was like, oh, like I got a knot in my stomach because it was somebody who had a problem or there was something going on. How do you deal with that? Like, how do you navigate that?
0: Initially, it was tough. But now that I'm much more stress stress free now over the years when I have a very, very strong and professional team. So Mm -hmm. we've divided, but the stress is always there. That's part of the play. It's there, but kind of fun. It's a fun type of stress. It's a stress of a game. Yeah, it keeps you on your feet, but when you have a good team and when you have so many years of experience under your belt and then you run, learn from these experiences and you add that the phone ringing has sort of like died out now I don't use Skype anymore we don't, because it doesn't ring anymore
1: right it's
0: been like you know 15 years so it doesn't ring anymore so um, yeah you've
1: built you built a process around having to deal with those absolutely. things yeah. how do you think AI is going to impact what you do is it going to make it better easier harder how much of what Are you, are you worried about it? Is there anything that gets replaced?
0: Mm, Right now we're not worried about it, but what we've done is we've a research R and D department at Genetic, which is called GetLab. And what we are researching on is on different AI tools, including GPT, worried maybe because it's, it's a, it's, it's sort of like a hype. Like when blockchain came, that was a hype. This Mm. is a hype. So people think AI is the solution to everything but it's not because when we started using chat when people said okay oh, it basically generates code we said okay let's look at it and you know if it generates code, i don't want to keep a team of hundred developers i can bring it down to 50. why right but the code when we started using it and we started looking at it at lab we realized very quickly in a couple of days that this is not where we want the code to end up however The newer version of chat gpt what it does is validation is good i'll give you an example a technical example when we build a database structure and we have three pairs of eyes validating that structure because database structures are very very important to product development because that's the baseline of how the data is going to be placed in your database and how relationships are built it's very technical it's very important to nail it right the first time so when somebody builds it even in our company we have Subject matter experts that they go to, who will look at that with a and you know scrutinize that. So what Chat GPT does for now that we've seen, or maybe maybe some a couple of other AI tools out there, is that we can use that to actually validate those data structures. There'd be another set of eyes. AI gets matured to that level. I think projects and products will get more complex and people's expectations of projects and products will get more complex, and then you will have to have a better team who uses AI tool in a much better way. Yeah, it
1: accelerates the process, it improves the output, but you're still going to need somebody to do that.
0: Because expectations will go higher because now that there's AI, you definitely want to have a much more stronger, better product, something that was not possible yesterday. They might want it to be possible tomorrow because they'd say, let's just use AI for that. So I'm not scared, I'm just excited. It's good, it's excitement, but we, we, but me and you, we both need to make sure that we keep up with it to make sure that we don't get left behind in the race. So I'm
1: I'm excited uh, too. Oh, sorry, go
0: ahead. No, I was just saying that in 2017, when I started doing blockchain, I was really excited, you know. So I don't know if you remember, I came to San Francisco, I did a course in blockchain, and I went home and I started training my team on blockchain. But it sort of like it, by the time there was a crash in 2018 or 2017 end or 2018 or something, and they did not pick up for a couple of years, we lost. It sort of like fizzled out for mm. us, and then it came back maybe last year, and then fizzled out. So NFTs are, are a huge thing. NFTs is like crazy right now. But uh, not right now, like a couple of months ago, till like a couple of months. But then we had actually passed on from that excitement, it had fizzled fizzled out for us. And we were like, what we do? So we're good at it. Let's, let's focus on what we are doing and let's not detract. So AI, we've already been doing it but the new tools out there, they're exciting. So we wanna look at them, we wanna incorporate them, but we're not scared, just exciting.
1: That's great. I'm excited about AI too. I've never been more optimistic about humanity. I believe very strongly AI is gonna replace me. What I do as a media buyer is so much more myopic in scope than software development. You know, you have to do custom, like literally create something from nothing. I live in somebody else's engine with very defined rules, very defined boundaries. And so it's pretty easy to see how on a long enough timeline, AI is definitely gonna take my job. So I've got to start, I might come apply at Genitech. You've got a, or I don't know if you still have it, I'm sure you do, but you have a, I don't know if it's a nonprofit, but I know it's an altruistic endeavor. It's Code Girls, right? Is that what we're calling it?
0: Yeah, Code Girls. So Code Girls is a passion project. I call it a passion project where we started off in 2018 and we are primarily focusing on girls training girls in technology. So basically training them and then trying to place them in software houses throughout Pakistan, but also internationally. So we've been able to do a couple of international, more than a couple, I think around 10 or 12 international placements as well. And within Pakistan, around 300 placements of these girls. So these are girls from low middle backgrounds who primarily did maybe nothing before this, or had just finished their high school and either got married or just maybe teaching in a school and getting, so in Pakistan, teaching in a school or being a nurse or an accountant or a beautician doesn't pay a lot. It's just pennies. And tech for me was the highest paying industry, has been so far that I have seen. And then women in Pakistan are conservative, so sometimes it's difficult for them to also travel long distance, to go to jobs. So I thought that tech might be an answer to all of this, where they can be trained and everybody can be trained. You don't have to have a computer science background to learn technology. So we decided that we train these girls in technology so that they can start to earn better, whether they want to go on a job, or they want to work from home if they have kids and even if they just want, want to learn because they want to teach their children, that's fine. But what happened is, and that, that's how we started in 2019, with the intention to train 100 girls in technology. And so far, I think we have taught 1000 girls and we have 60% conversion ratio where these girls are getting jobs in the industry. And Code Girls has now become a top of the town, very happy and because of fordwells i had the opportunity to work on the national level with the ministry with a couple of you know software with the, one of the biggest software associations of pakistan to build tracks around technology to teach the youth Uh, On the same, you know, similar to what we've done at Code Girls, the idea of Code Girls was for the industry, by the industry. So, you know, we wanted to make sure that the industry comes and teaches them so that they teach them what the industry wants. Mm -hmm. So with that same slogan, we brought, I worked with the the Ministry of IT as well to basically bring a similar program in Pakistan, which is, Alhamdulillah, which is going well now. And people are, we have around 4,000 people training under that program right now. There's an MVP going on that's really yeah. something, for something that really changed me as a person as well it, it actually is my stress release release when I'm like very stressed and I look at that and I'm like wow I you know this is something that happened because I have a very very good team but I think we've done something something really good
1: yeah it sounds like you've made a really significant impact how could somebody support code girls if they wanted to
0: So each girl's training is like three to four months of training each phase, and it's a very minimal amount of $150 that these girls can't pay. So we have, you know, funders who who pay for this training. So we're looking for people who want to donate to the cause. And the website is foregirls.pro. I'm going to put it here in the, this is it. And then you can go in there and you can donate $150 for one girl's training. If you want to do a whole batch of 10 girls, that's $1,500. You can also sponsor for their laptops because we also give out laptops at the end of the program to successful participants so that they have infrastructure at home so that they can work and earn. So you can also do that. And then we also have partners globally. So we have partners, so we don't call them partners. We call them friends of code girls. Mm. and what they do is either they fund the project or they give these girls jobs or they help with the training either one of them we've been lucky to have international partners as well as local partners that's the number is over 100 right now of partners so,
1: cool. so if you want to support a code girl go to codegirls.pro and yeah. for 150 bucks you can basically hand somebody a career Right. I mean, am I overstating that?
0: Absolutely not. Because we have uh, the first phase is for somebody who has never coded, And in that first phase of four months, we teach them HTML, CSS, JavaScript, and jQuery.
1: Mm. And
0: then they're really good. At the end of it, they can actually start a job. And a lot of the girls have. Some of them I have hired as well for Genetech. And you may have worked with them. You wouldn't even know that they have not been from a tech background initially. And then they can also choose to do, once they've done phase one, they can also choose to do a more specific phase, say like WordPress, PHP, content writing, software quality assurance, Flutter. And then definitely once they do that, they're very, very good for so after six to eight months of doing two phases, absolutely ready for the market. But a lot of those girls can also get into the market after the first phase, which is a very basic phase. But if they're good and if they've done it right, they're able to get jobs.
1: That's really cool. Shamim, if somebody wants to work with you, where they can, where, what's the easiest way to reach out?
0: You can reach out to me on my LinkedIn, which is I can... The whole LinkedIn, I'm going to have to paste it. But on the website, there is a contact us form. You can reach out to me through the contact us form. You can also on LinkedIn. I'm very, very active on LinkedIn. I'm not so good on Twitter or other social media platforms. I don't know why. I'm just very good at LinkedIn. So you can ping me on LinkedIn. You can get in touch. You can set up a time with me. I also have a calendar calendar link where you can set up a time with me if you have something that you want to talk to me about and discuss something. But the best way is to drop me an email would also be nice. So this is my Calendly and my email address. I'm sure you can put it out there. So either one, this is all good.
1: Awesome. Um, I'm going to include your LinkedIn in the description of the video. I don't know that I want to post your email because I want to make sure people are being respectful of your time. But if you're interested in software development, websites, UI, UX, uh, dedicated teams or helping code girls reach out to Shamim, you can go to Genettechlutions.com. All the uh, information is going to be in the description of this video or the show notes. And Shamim, last words to you, any parting wisdom for our listeners?
0: I think parting wisdom would be generally that if you really wanna get something built, a website or an app, just don't go, you have to do some homework before you wanna do that. One of the things that we've done on our blog is we have been able to do some really good writing for our customers when doing our blogs, not based on technical blogs, but for our customers to understand, for example, the whole Scrum life cycle, for mm. them to understand why should you build a product requirement document in the first place why would you want to do wordpress versus wix versus something else why shopify versus magento versus oscommerce so these are things that we put out there we would really parting words would be for them to understand what it's about themselves they can come to me if they come to somebody like me i'd probably tell them because that's how that's my marketing strategy to build that trust that's what i do but people have different marketing strategies people might not tell them because they'd be like looks I'm looking for a long-term customer my customer retention is an average of five years even if they leave they come back after a year and say you know we never leave because we're not happy with each other we leave because okay right now it didn't work out maybe it'll work out after a year or three months or six months or two years like I said you know a lot of the customers that you send my way I still work with them you wouldn't even know about it
1: that's so funny good for you well this has been awesome Shamima I really appreciate you if you're watching I've known Shamim for longer than she'll let me say. We talked about it at the beginning of the video. Can't recommend you more highly. And yeah, I appreciate you being such a longtime friend and strong referral partner. I'm grateful for you.
0: Oh, thank you so much for having me. I was really excited when you, you know, asked me to do this. It's been a while. I've never been on your podcast. I mean, we've known each other for two decades. Let me say it.
1: <laughs> yeah, the truth is out there.
0: Awesome. I shoot a video every day. Like, comment, subscribe, and I'll see y'all tomorrow. Thanks for listening to the Google ads podcast for more ways to grow your business with Google ads. You can subscribe to the solutions eight YouTube channel. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend. And if you'd like to work with the best Google ads agency in the world, you can visit solutions eight at S
1: O L 8com